Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to day number one of 31 Days of Terror. If you're new around here and you're like, what does she mean? What is happening? Every Halloween, we do 31 Days of Terror, where I release 31 episodes in the month of October. Now, fear not. For those of you who get listener story fatigue, where you think, oh, I just wish there was something other than listener stories, every so often interspersed. Through the 31 Days of Terror, there are going to be bonus interviews with other podcasters, bonus interviews with other spooky people who are creating spooky things, and some main episodes in there too. There will also hopefully be new YouTube vlogs. There's a whole lot of stuff going on in the month of October, so stick around. Every day is going to be something different, and who knows, there might be something really exciting just for you. And for day one of 31 Days of Terror, I have two spooky stories for you today. And story number one comes from Claire. This is my second story. I am the tour guide mentioned in the Edinburgh Vaults episode who had a little girl led away by a clawed entity. I recently listened to the episode on the Cooney Ghost House and wanted to share my experience. My wife is from County Fermanagh and I promised that I would let you know the pronunciation is Coonian. Do with this what you will, I've officially done my part. My wife and I were visiting family and knowing how much I love spooky shit, she suggested we visit Coonian. Her cousin, who is really more of a sister, came along with us and we set off. At the time we visited, there were no fences or barriers in place and the trees had not yet been felled. Basically, it was a creepy wee house in the middle of some woods. The first thing I noticed was that there were no birds in the area, or at least they were silent. I often hear spirits or entities, and this can, at times, sound like a radio in the background, but not here. Here, there was silence, from this world and the other. The closer we got to the house, the more I became aware of a presence. Now, I'm no expert, but I can tell you with absolute certainty that this thing was not and never had been human. I don't like to use the term demon, but you get the idea. Each step we took, I could feel the dread rising, and I had to make a conscious effort not to throw up. Words cannot describe, but I will try. It felt like my bones went from ice to on fire in an instant, and I felt like something gripped my heart and lungs, making it impossible to breathe. I do suffer from panic attacks at times, but this was a whole other level. It felt like something was reaching out trying desperately to grasp control. As I mentioned before, I love spooky shit and this isn't my first time coming across something terrifying. But the only word I can use to describe what I felt that day was evil. I have ways of defending myself and those I love from spiritual attack, 
which I have perfected over a lifetime of having an insight into the spirit world. I began mounting my defences for myself, my wife and her cousin. I couldn't keep this entity more than a few feet away and I knew it was getting stronger and if it made contact with us I worried that it could follow us. My struggles at this point went completely unnoticed by my companions who were busy chatting, laughing and discussing going into the house. The second entering the house was mentioned, I felt the excitement of this thing, like it was desperate for us to enter. Abruptly, I was furious, and knew I could not allow this hulking, evil, unseen thing to get any closer. I did all I could manage and sternly instructed the other two to run. This has to be the first occasion my wife has ever listened to me without any argument, and she and her cousin promptly turned and buggered off, leaving me in the woods. Also, just to mention, my wife's cousin broke every land speed record that day. Thankfully, we made it back to the car in one piece and took off home. Almost immediately, I had this overwhelming want to go back, but there was no way that was happening. To this day, I still feel this want. My rational sense tells me this is not a good idea, and there is no way either of them will come with me. I wonder if this want is mine or the entity's. What would happen if I went back? Just to be clear, I will not be returning. So yeah, if you're planning on visiting, you have been warned that you might get more than you bargained for. Also, to quote Ghostbusters, who are you going to call? The answer is anyone but Brenda and Katrina. Those two will leave you behind with zero hesitation. Just to say, your wife is absolutely right, it is Coonian. <laughs> Which I discovered post-podcast and then was like, oh god damn it, it's Coonian, not Coonine. So if anyone out there from Fermanagh or who knows the story and knows that it's pronounced Coonian and not Coonine is listening, I this is my formal apology because I got it. I got it wrong. So in my research of the Coonian Poltergeist House and also in the comments about the episode post episode being produced and released, um, there were lots of comments about people who have been to the house, visited the house in whatever capacity, people who listen to the podcast, mostly people who don't listen to the podcast, who were commenting on various forums and stuff about the Cooney and Poltergeist house. And it seems to be the general consensus that it's a pretty freaky place. It's really weird that you went there and there was no birds, no sounds of animals, no sounds of anything. Like everything that should be there had evacuated because of whatever this evil entity was. And I totally understand Claire, you saying like I, I don't like to use the word evil because, you know, evil is a very is a very subjective term. But sometimes there are some things that, you know, the description fits. And it seems to me that the description fits in this instance. I also love the fact that you said it was the probably the only time your wife didn't argue with you. If somebody with a panicked look in their eyes told me to run, you best believe I'm running. I'm sprinting. I am sprinting badly, probably falling over, but I'm making an effort to get away. I'm not hanging around to see what's going on. And it's also interesting that you say you feel that calling to go back there, even though you've no intention of going back, you feel that calling to go back. That's weird. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And story number two comes from Lauren. I'm an illustrator from the most haunted city in Europe, possibly the world. You guessed it, York. I've lived here all my life, and to be fair... To say it's possibly the most haunted city in the world, not as much happens as you would think. I suppose it's about being in the right places at the right time. This story is quite long and is about a house that my friend used to live in for most of her life, until about eight or so years ago. Many weird things happened in this house that she told me about, so every time I went to stay over I insisted on staying in her bedroom as I didn't want to sleep in a room by myself. Once in bed, made up of a mattress and sheets on the floor, I would not move. Even if I wanted to go to the toilet in the middle of the night, I would just hold it, as I was too scared to get up and go by myself, as it was at the other side of the house. I would be absolutely boiling as I would have my head under the sheets out of fright of seeing something, even in the summer. I suppose the first weird thing I encountered in this house was a sleepover she had with me and our other friend. We were all talking and then decided it was time to go to sleep. We turned the lights off and went to sleep, well, apart from me. I laid there for a while at the foot of her bed feeling exposed, whilst her in her own bed and our friend to the side of her bed on the floor slept. I had not gone to sleep at all so was just laid there in the deathly silence hoping I wouldn't hear anything. It had been about half an hour after turning off the lights and the next minute my friend bolted upright in her bed and said, What was that bang? There had been no bang at all, especially with the fact that I hadn't even gone to sleep. She seemed like she knew exactly what had made this so-called noise, so she turned the light on, got up and came over to the dresser which was next to me. On the floor was her jewellery box, with its contents all over the floor. I swear that nothing had happened at all and no noise was made, but this jewellery box was not on the floor before we went to sleep. This was very freaky, but weirdly, I didn't feel too spooked. Probably because I didn't hear anything, even though it was right next to me. A few years after this, her and her parents were going on holiday and I said I would look after their dog while they were away, as she got on with my dog quite well. At the time, I was still living at home with my parents and my mother was fine with us looking after her dog, as she was no bother at all. Fast forward a few weeks later, not long before their holiday, and their dog caught kennel cough, which is very contagious between dogs, so instead of her dog coming to my mum's house in case our dog caught it, I stupidly suggested that I would go and stay in theirs for two weeks, as you do. The time came and I was a little nervous as I was staying there with my, at the time, boyfriend, a huge sceptic, knowing full well that I would be spending most of my daytimes alone with the dog in the house. One of the days I was doing my usual routine of taking the dog for a walk. I have OCD and I find it really hard to believe that I have locked a door, so I really pull the handle and yank at doors to convince my brain that it is actually locked. After locking the back door and pulling the handle a few times to know that I had definitely locked it, I left the keys in the lock and then set off out the front door with the dog. 
We went for a walk, not a huge one, as she was a chihuahua, so didn't need to go far. We got back and as soon as I opened the front door I heard a loud bang, as if something was open and the air difference had made it slam. It was coming from the back of the house, so after getting my shoes off I headed to the back door. To my horror I found that the back door was open. I know I checked that door a good few times, and it was definitely shut and locked. Another night I was letting the dog out into the back garden for a wee. My boyfriend was sat in the living room while I did this. I went down the hallway turning each light on as it lit up each section of the garden. This way I could see if she was having a wee or not. I saw that she had had a wee so I set off down the hall turning the lights of each room off. When I got to the dining room one of the chairs was in the middle of the room. We never sat at that table. I didn't even sit there during the day. I asked my boyfriend if he had done it and he sweared that he didn't. Even after staying there, he would still say he didn't do it. I put the chair back and we headed off to bed. The dog was still unwell and I would feed her some medication to help her kennel cough. On a night, she would sleep in the living room with the door shut. We'd only just got in bed when we heard her yelp, so I rushed out of the bedroom downstairs to the living room and she was just laid there on the sofa looking at me like, yeah, where's the fire? So we couldn't understand what was yelping as the windows were shut and it definitely came from downstairs. The next morning, I messaged my friend to tell her all the things that had happened and she messaged me back saying, don't worry, they just want to know who you are, which was far from comforting at all and if anything made me feel more uncomfortable. Later on in the week, me and the dog did our usual routine of going for a morning walk. I was at work afterwards but didn't need to leave for about half an hour. When I got her home, I again opened the front door and heard squeaking coming from upstairs. Nothing was open as I didn't want to leave any windows open as it wasn't my house and I didn't want to risk anyone getting in while I wasn't there. I didn't go upstairs as I was like, fuck that. I chucked the dog in the living room, shut the door and went straight out to work. The dog didn't like me giving her her meds and was continuously sick with fear. So I only ended up staying in the house one week, not two as my friend's auntie came to collect the dog and look after her for the remainder of the time my friend was away. Relieved was an understatement, as not only was I worried about the dog, I spent most of my time there outside in their back garden as I couldn't bear to be alone in the house, as I felt like I was constantly being watched. I even faced away from the house with fear that I would see someone watching me from inside. When she got back off holiday, I asked her if she could try some of the door handles upstairs. I almost died when two of the door handles sounded like the same squeak I had heard that last day. I stayed there after I came in from walking her dog. It was the creepiest house I'd ever been in. There were loads of rooms and corridors and corners that just made it creepier, as well as loads of creepy dolls, which included Chucky and his bride. I don't know how my friend stayed in that house as long as she did, but her and her family all deserve a medal, as one week for me was hell, never mind 24 years for then. This one is a lot shorter. I had picked my mum up from York as she had gone out drinking with a friend. I live about a 10 minute drive from the centre. It was a Friday night and I drove to pick them up so they didn't have to get the bus. Her friend lived on the next estate, which was handy and close. She got out of the car and headed inside. We waited until she was inside so that we knew that she was in safely before driving away. She waved and shut the door so I started reversing. But as I was doing this, me and my mum both noticed someone had come to the door as she had a big half-clear and half-frosted glass panel in the front door. It sounds cringy and so cliché, but this person was 
very small, and what should have been black was white as they appeared to be glowing. The person was a lot smaller than her and had white hair. At this point, her friend hadn't even turned on any lights, but this person was as clear as day. Both me and my mum said, who's that, as we reversed. We stared for a few seconds and then drove away. She told me that she would message her in the morning asking who came to her door, and this she did. The reply we got really freaked us out as her friend said that sometimes her dead grandma comes to visit her. So we had basically seen her grandma at the door, as if she'd come to see who had dropped her granddaughter off. It was so surreal and I was so glad that my mum saw it, as to see it by yourself wouldn't be believable, and you'd think that you were probably just tired as it was about midnight. And finally, a few shorter ones mixed together. Me and my friend were walking to her car in Nunnery Lane Car Park and heard a giggle. It sounded like a young woman or a child right next to us between the parked cars. We both looked at the same time, cutting our conversation dead. It was night time and no one else was around. It was sure to say that we walked a lot faster to get back to the car. When I was younger, I worked at Next at Monk's Cross for a while and the clothes hangers used to move on their own when you were there alone on a floor sorting out the clothes after the store was shut. There was no aircon on, so you knew these weren't being moved by the flowing air. The more you reacted, the closer it got, and it happened more often, so I tried to ignore it as much as possible. I live on an old airfield called Clifton Moor, and I have heard that same odd, tuneless whistle while out with my dog at night, so she could do her toilet duties before bed. The noise came from one area of Clifton Moor, and within seconds at the gate of the main road to my street. Nobody could travel that distance that quickly, not even on a pushbike or sprinting. I haven't heard it since, but it was so creepy as if it was just three descending notes. I have smelt aviation fuel in my street, which is impossible as there is no airport or airfield nearby. So maybe something had happened on that date as this airfield was used during the war and about 300 plus people died on here and a dog. I've heard someone cough or splutter right next to me outside as I was telling my dog for the millionth time to have a wee one night. It was dark, but there was nobody about. It almost sounded like a horse blowing its lips like they do. When on the bar walls as a child, me and my sister saw a woman dressed all in black walking behind us and in front of our parents, who were walking a bit further back. We had passed a few steps that lead down to some gates. But these gates were padlocked with chains so that there would be no way of getting off the wall other than jumping. After a few minutes we looked back and the woman had disappeared, which we thought was a bit odd. But we could see the bar walls for quite a way and she hadn't even turned around to go back the way she came. I was at the Three Tons in York, which is supposedly haunted by an airman who sits at the end of the bar, who people end up buying drinks for as they actually believe he's there, to later find out that he isn't. I once went to the toilet and no one was in there as the lights are motion detected. I went into the cubicle right in front of the door to get into the toilets and start to wee when the hand dryer went off by itself. No one was in there and it has never happened since. I currently do a few shifts in the restaurant my boyfriend manages to help out when they are short-staffed, and the other week while mopping in the basement after all the customers had gone, I saw out of the corner of my eye a dark figure walk towards the single toilet at the bottom of the stairs. I'm yet to see the CCTV, but I'm hoping I can, as I even looked to see if there was anyone in the toilet and no one was. Apparently there used to be cells down there where prisoners were kept.
So maybe a few things have happened I just really haven't thought about it much. I'm going on a haunted pub crawl for my friend's birthday at the start of May, so I'm hoping I would have more to report from that. Lauren, I love that you were like, yeah, nothing really that much has happened to me. And then it's like a litany of stories. Firstly, your friend's house sounds really, really freaky. And the thing about it is those sort of little isolated incidents are kind of what I imagine it is like to live in a haunted house. So you're not sort of being chased through the house by demons or being flung down the stairs or whatever. I'm not saying those things don't happen. But in the long term, living in a haunted house where you sort of just have little bits and pieces of activity, it must be so strange. And then, of course, I'd imagine when you live in that house, you get used to it. But if you're there for a short period of time, like a couple of weeks, you're kind of going, hey, does this happen all the time? Like, what is part of the haunting and what is just the house? And why have you filled your house with creepy dolls? What are you trying to do? I loved the story about driving you and your mum, driving your mum's friend home and seeing the outline of a little old woman at the door. It's exactly what you said. It's one of those stories where you were, you'd were you be so glad somebody else was there to witness it because you could go, see? Did you just see that? Because I just saw that. And it does sound like there are lots of incredibly creepy places to visit in York. And York is on my list of places to go to. I'm really dying to go and spend a few days there and try and see some of these haunted places and spend a night at the Golden Fleece and do all those spooky things that, that you know, York is so famous for. So, you know... There might be a vlog coming your way pretty soon. Thank you so much to Claire and Lauren for sending in your stories. Remember, if you would like to send in your story, you can do so by emailing it to reallifeghoststoriespodcast at gmail.com. If you would like to check out the website, you can do so by going to reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. And if you are desperate for some extra spooky content, you can subscribe to the Patreon. That is patreon.com forward slash stories, where for $5 a month or $2 a month, you get access to heaps of extra content, as well as every single main and mini episode absolutely ad free. And on that note, I shall see you tomorrow.